how are you doing? I'm very good, and you, Freddie? I'm well, thank you very much. Can't complain at all. So, you are going to introduce our topic for today. <laughs> okay. Fuck, I, I fucked that bit up, but of, anyway, let me... I think a bit of drama, Marva, okay? <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling dramatic. A bit of all right, let me, let me try and do this. So the topic for today is when were you or when are you in your prime and how do you appreciate it when you're actually there or how do you look at the past in a nice way where you can accept, well, maybe uh, I was in my prime 10 years ago and not feel bad about it or maybe there, is, there are certain aspects that you are going to be in your prime in the future and how do you look forward to that and um, the reason I'm talking about it is I'm doing another podcast where this is maybe a valid point for example this guy uh, circumnavigated the world and um, he did it between the ages of 24 and 37 it took him 13 years he did it without any engines he did it uh, with a pedal boat he swam he did it on rollerblades and fucking kayaks and uh, bicycles and the reason Good. why I say this God. it's interesting concept for me um, when we talk about physical um, our physical prime there's certain like short distance and certain power things you're way better at a younger age so maybe between the ages of 20 to 30 then certain endurance as uh, sports or athletes as you go 35 and older you become better then there's certain traits like being a dumb idiot where, and naive and thinking that you are more powerful than the universe and you can attempt certain crazy stuff. Uh, being 25 is way better than being 40 because you're just too responsible at 40. So I think for trying new things and launching businesses, I think we reach a point where we're too old for it now. We've missed our prime when it came to being creative and, and attempting new stuff. And... Um, I think there's certain aspects of being a father, being a husband, like we're approaching maybe our prime in that regard if we continue down the road. So it's a really interesting idea, especially because I have so many broken bones and fucking brain damages. And this last week's been a fucking nightmare in that, that I've just been uh, uh, reminiscing. I wouldn't say I've been feeling regret. I was just reminiscing with our... You know, a few years ago when I was doing triathlon and, you know, I wasn't broken every day. I was a, it was a really nice time, you know, and it was quite cool that I could look back at the past and feel good about that without feeling so myself pretty for the present moment. So, Freddie, no. over to you. What's your thoughts uh, on that introduction? Um, Madam, I think you did very well with the introduction. <laughs> I would give you a, a minus, maybe. B plus A minus. On that. I don't know. So, what, how, so how do you feel about how I feel about the introduction? Okay. No, on a, on a serious note, I think I think the the, the topic that you're raising is 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 huge. I, I scribbled some notes while while we were talk while you were talking. You know, I think you you, you mentioned a few things. Um, 
and I'm hearing kind of there's a physical prime, there's an emotional prime, there's a spiritual prime, there's a creative prime, and there's possibly a sexual prime as well. And I don't think they all necessarily um, 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 converge at the same time. Actually, I think they completely um, what's the opposite of, of, of converge. They, they, they all happen at, at different times of, of, of our lives. And because I'm not neither doctor nor nor any any specialist in this field, um, I'm going to to to, to reflect on on myself. And you definitely raised a few very interesting interesting thoughts with me in terms of physical prime, because I don't know when I was at my physical prime. If 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 I have to think back. The only the only way that I will know how I was at my physical prime was was when I was at a stage in my life where I actually tested myself physically, and that was when I was still doing athletics. So that was in my in my early twenties. After that, I I stopped competing. Um, I stopped competing in athletics. So I I stopped pushing my body, and since then I was I'm I'm, I'm kind of nearly going to use the term I was kind to my body. I did a bit of gym to, to to not get fat. At some stage, I had a personal trainer, um, and I, I really enjoyed that. So that personal trainer was possibly in my mid thirties, and I really I, I really enjoyed that. But physically, as in health wise, as well, because now we're not just talking strength; we're talking health. I've never been a healthy person. <laughs> I always say to to my parents, well, if 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 we look at the the genes, the the gen, my genetic makeup, then then I'm kind of fucked. You know, my father was a a diabetic. There's heart disease in our family. There's um cholesterol. There's high blood pressure. Um, um, the whole bloody family suffers from 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 migraines, which is psychosomatic. Um, I, all of us suffer from 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 hectic sinuses. So I can't recall a, a period in my life where I felt physically um, in my in 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 a prime state. Also, even when I was doing athletics, I remember so well. I think I was twenty. I was at varsity twenty twenty one, and we were we were about a week away from the South African Championships. And I said we were driving home after after a training session, and I said to my my, my one friend who was who was driving with me is, um, so how do you feel about essays? And she said, I am feeling absolutely wonderful. I, I I'm feeling so fit. I'm I'm feeling so strong. And I said to her, that's so weird because we're away a week away from essays, and the the expectation is that that one should feel absolutely amazing. And I said to her, I, I've never felt good or strong. It just it's just not anything that 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 I feel. So even at the at, at at the top of my fitness, I can't say that I felt physically at my prime. What about you? Do do do, do you get a sense of there was a period in your life, or there is going to be a period in your life where you're going to be at your physical prime? So when you when you when you're really healthy and when you really feel strong. Because that's what I hear from from physical prime. Yeah, so it's a very interesting concept what you just said, and I love what you're saying. And um, 
I did a podcast with uh, Dr. Seth Strauss. He's a chiropractor, but he looks a bit more at lifestyle and nutrition and a variety of things. And he said always that he thinks that the professional athletes are the unhealthiest people on earth because the shit that they put their body through. And um, our bodies are amazing with what it can do. It's like I, I always like to use the example like you can put literally fucking trash into your mouth and your body will transform that into a life source. You can eat McDonald's every fucking day. Somehow, your body will transform that into petrol that it can use. And um, I know from my physical prime, let's say performance, um, where I could I could go swim a few kilometers. Right afterwards, I could go run uh, 10 kilometers, and I could do it at a really good pace. And then I could do... I could basically do four or five hours of high-performance exercise every single day, seven days a week. Yeah. But when you speak now, the rest of the day, I was like a bit of a snail. Um, yeah. It's almost like my body had to conserve all the energy. And it's a bit like now, um, I feel like I can't do any uh, peak uh, performance uh, in an event, but I can do a really solid day of just being energetic for the whole day. And it's a very interesting concept of what does it mean to be healthy because, fuck, it's the same with eating right now. Um, I think with my hormones, with my brain damage and with a few things going on with my hormones, like I need sugar and carbs to help my brain. Like yesterday I wanted to have a conversation with Anya and I couldn't because I'm eating clean. And when I'm eating clean, I get headaches when I'm trying to have certain conversations. And unfortunately, if I introduce certain naughty foods into my diet, so if I'll have fucking bread or I'll have some something a bit more carb-based, then I'll feel better. And yeah, I, I and it's again, I'm feeling like should I get back into like really top shape and look amazing? And that's the other thing, looking amazing versus feeling amazing. I've had mm-hmm. times where I look fucking ridiculous, but I'm like, I don't feel good. Yeah. And, um, and what's the purpose behind all of this? So yeah. six weeks ago, I had this crazy idea that <laughs> we're going into lockdown and um, with the lockdown, we're going to have a lot of poverty and people are going to start robbing each other for food. So I started training almost like a mixed martial artist, like two hours, three hours every day. If someone breaks into my house, I'm ready to fight to the death. And in that way, I can build a lot of muscle and I'll start looking good and I'm getting a bit into shape and stuff. But um, uh, there's a purpose for it. And now I realize there is no breaking ins coming. So it's a bit like I can't train like that. So I don't know. It's an interesting thing. I saw a picture of um, my Tyson yesterday and... I think that it would be a good question for him because he's in really good shape at the moment where he looks healthy. And then okay. there's pictures of him where he was overweight. And then there's obviously pictures of him in his prime. And I'm sure if you're going to ask him when was he in his prime or when did he feel the best, that would be a very interesting concept uh, or question to ask him. I hear you. I hear you. Um, I'll never forget one day um, – I think I was I was I was running South African Championships in Bloemfontein, and my sister was was with me, <laughs> and we were standing in a queue waiting to buy coffee or food or water or something. And she looked at me. And she said, "You know, this is this is really funny because here you all are at the at the height of of of, of fitness and youth and and at, at your physical prime, 
and you all look like shit. <laughs> and and she's right because at that at that stage you also at the lowest body fat you have. So your 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 face is sunken in, and invariably we all kind of stressed about your 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 event that you're going to run as well. Um, so you look like crap. I'll never forget. Um, there was a, a British a British 400 meter hurdle athlete called Sally Gunnell, and um, I can't remember which Olympics it was. I think it was Atlanta, and I watched her her running her 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 heat and her, her semi-final, her first round in a semi-final. And Marva, that she looked amazing. She was, she looked beautiful. And then she, then I watched the final. You, I couldn't believe the physical difference between what, what a few hours between a semi-final and a final could do to somebody physically. And that was when the stress clicked in. Suddenly, she had these circles under her eyes, and her face was sunken. She was a grayish color. And just that pressure of this is the gold medal fucking race. So, <laughs> it, was, it was amazing. So, so physically, she went from looking absolutely amazing to looking like shit within a few hours. <laughs> so, 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 so that's my take on, 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 on the physical thing. Um, so I think in, in terms of that, I was possibly um, proven – uh, my early physically my early 20s but possibly when i had my personal trainer mid 30s was 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 when i looked the best and that's when my husband at that stage said to me that he thinks i'm becoming obsessed and i must stop and being a codependent i did stop with my personal <laughs> training. so anyway um, <laughs> then then we get to to kind of the, the the emotional spiritual type of prime and that, I must say, clicked in for me when I turned 50. And, and, and you often hear people saying that, that, you know, when we're in our 30s, we still really care what people think. And when we, when we turn 40, we, we become less other-centered and, and, and more centered around where, where am I in my life and, and what's important to me without becoming a self-centered asshole, but, but just, just caring less about what other people think. And that definitely happened for me going into my 40s. But when I when I got into my 50s, it really dawned on me that I actually really don't care what you think and what you feel about me. I am I am really comfortable with where I am intellectually, emotionally, spiritually, and and I, I, I present to the world a full package of of that and if you don't like that that package then fuck you i'm not going to to, to try and be different so that you can like me i have a, a, an amazing spiritual connection with with an entity that that i call natura a higher power a god a, a whatever um emotionally I, I love myself more than i've ever loved myself i'm, I'm so much so much more accepting of, of me of who i am of, of where i am of my own shortcomings of my own mistakes um and more than that of my own strengths and i, I know my own strengths and weaknesses so much better so it, it i'm in a space of of of, of acceptance of, of of love of of even even loving 
how can I put this? For the first time, what, what, what COVID-19 did for me was it took me to a place of, of, of a deep sense of care for the less fortunate. And I, I'm really trying to make a difference where I can. And those, I, I, I never would have been like that when I was younger. So definitely in terms of an emotional slash spiritual prime, that's now for me. And, and I'm extremely excited about the future because I think if you're going to talk to me in a, in a few months, in a year, I'm going to have the same conversation with you. That, that, that that's where my growth is and, and that, that's where I want my growth to be. Yeah, I definitely uh, agree with you regarding, um, I think, especially if you're in recovery. And I think that's the pattern that I notice with long-time recovery and people that are actually working the programs. They always seem like they're in a good place or in a better place uh, than the year before that I saw them. And uh, mm. we have a few old-timers around our rooms, and I really like to look at them and see like what they uh, look and feel like at the age of 70. And I'm like, ah. You know, I'm, I think it's a nightmare just to turn 40, never mind 70. And I look at them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I look at them and I'm like, that uh, that looks so amazing. And um, uh, and I wonder, um, I think when you spoke now, I think that's the challenge with being in recovery early on. Um, and this is, I love what you say. It's, it's generally, it is a theme that's come up this last year. It's, uh, I'm 35 and it's generally the the sense of worrying what other people think. It's almost like that is is a physical maturation process where you need to actually be a certain amount of years on this earth before you can really have that. And no amount of spiritual work that you put in allows you to just not give a fuck. And um, yeah. it's a really hard part. And no matter how hard I've worked my recovery, it's always something that's been there and I've really worked hard at it. And anyone else young in recovery, I think it's just, the, I, I, I started speaking about it about 10 years ago. I just realized that there are certain things in recovery you can't attain if you are not old enough. Like, unfortunately, like at the age of 25, I had like um, eight years clean. And if you look at somebody that's 50 years old and they have eight years clean, uh, the 50-year-old will just talk with a little bit more weight behind these words or her words, and the way that they go about things just has a bigger impact. You, unfortunately, there's only so many types of understandings of the world that you can have at a younger age, and um, some things are just falling into place as I'm getting older. I think yeah. I'm just I'm traveling through my journey with less baggage, and yeah. um, each year. Um, you know, I can work on new things rather than trying to resolve stuff from the past. That, uh, and that's the cool thing about being young. But uh, I feel like I'm every year I'm approaching my emotional prime. Every year I think a bit less of what other people think. And I've spoken to a lot of people and they all say like, you know, this weird shit happens at the age of 40, especially for men. Like uh, we just start feeling like, fuck, yeah, this is like a cool place to be at. Yeah. And uh, if you continue with that, I think it's amazing. So I'm really looking forward to going into my 40s, although that's uh, so such a long time away. I don't know when I'll get it. <laughs> it was interesting when I was talking about that that that, that 40 switch. Is the sense when I said that I realized that God, you are actually really young, and I I I don't think of you as as as, as that young because you you I think of you as as emotionally really 
really mature. So, in the sense, the 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 the, the vibe that went through my body was excitement for you, of of what's li- what's lying ahead for you, and that that's really awesome, because there the, there are some amazing amazing um things lying ahead for you because you you are so young, and because you're so aware, you're going to be so much in a better position to take to take um, advantage of of what's going to happen for you. But interestingly said, you know what my biggest crisis birthday was ever in my life? Was 30, yeah. turning, turning 36. <laughs> Closer <laughs> to 40 than 30. <laughs> exactly. It, it was that morning I woke up and I was, oh my God. The whole sense was from, from now it is only deterioration. And my whole being said, nothing, <laughs> nothing good can come of this. So I'm so happy that the 53-year-old me can now look at the 36-year-old me and say, you had no idea what you were talking about. <laughs> and, and that but, is another um, note. Sorry? Sorry, please, 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 please. And that's another note I made here is something that that a, a, a coin that I phrased is, um, and I'm going to jokingly use hashtag um, arrogance of youth. One thing that th- that we lose as as we grow older is that 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 arrogance of youth is that, and and, and you, you 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 mentioned it earlier when you mentioned about when we young we have this ability to just kind of Without considering the consequences, be really um, um, innovative, creative, um, push the boundaries. But as we grow older and, 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 and as we have more knowledge and wisdom, we, we, we look at the situation and we kind of nearly say more, what are the dangers? Which up until a certain age is nearly as if we we, we, we psychologically unable to see the dangers, we just fucking will dive in and, and we just do. And and that's the one thing I, I, I do miss a little bit about getting older is that I've lost that that arrogance of youth. I, 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 question, I question things a little bit more. Yeah, I wonder if there's a neurological pathways that starts existing as you become older. So, for example, uh, you can just go deeper into your mind uh, where the actual neurons uh, are just physically longer. And that allows you to go deeper into certain things. And that's maybe sometimes why, where you have young people with old souls, uh, because at a younger age, some of their brain capacity allows them to just travel a bit deeper into their consciousness and consider things. And it's weird how... Um, you know, it, it's definitely from an emotional point of view, it, it's amazing to um, to become older, but uh, to to be creative and to be brave, um, it takes a lot more effort and uh, energy at the latter stage. Something yeah. I want to quickly mention, I've been having a few podcasts with women lately, which has been amazing because I've, I've really tried to speak to more women, but because I am who I am, I'm just generally more... Uh, in the boys' clubs, um, a guys but, um, guy. I watch the. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so <laughs> um, <laughs> we. I watched a movie with my wife last week called um, 
Hustlers that's got Jennifer Lopez in it. And then we also watch a series called The Morning Show, which has Jennifer Aniston and a Legally Blonde Girl, which I'm not going to remember her name now. And the interesting thing that we Reese talked about there, both of us, Reese Witherspoon's the name. And it's it's I think it's also interesting if you compare men and women and how they age and how they go into their prime and out of their prime. So, for example... The thing that I, uh, Jennifer Lopez made big uh, headlines with how sexy and amazing she looked in this movie playing the stripper. And yes, she did look amazing. And yes, she looked really sexy. But then that's in the scenes where she's supposed to look like that. In the other scenes, she just looks like a mom. You know, and unfortunately, <laughs> women reach this age where they just, they look like a mom. Literally, their hips become wider. They, it's almost like if you look at Jennifer Anderson and Jennifer Lopez, their jaws becomes wider. And I said, we were speaking, my wife and I, about how men are sometimes luckier when it comes to the aging process. Like, it's easier for us to age sometimes. Our hips doesn't become wider after we've given birth to some little creature coming out of us and you know we all our, our bodies doesn't take as much uh, punishment no. and uh, it's interesting to see how you literally physically change your head becomes bigger your hands becomes bigger your feet become bigger and, I think, and um, your ears can you imagine me with my yeah. big nose and ears already i freaked out <laughs> And I can only imagine the challenge that certain people have to go through with uh, being okay with that. You know, I think it depends on who and what you are. Like, if your whole life is dependent on what you look like, I think it must be a fucking nightmare aging. So if your uh, if your life is about uh, being a good personality and being a good human and doing certain activities, then it's not such a problem becoming older. So I, I think, it, and also if you look at certain people's emotional uh, approach to life or the way they think about life, this whole when was I in my prime, when will I be in my prime, it's it's just such an interesting concept for me, and it excites me to listen to a variety of people uh, about. If you speak to the right people, they'll say, fuck, 40 to 70 was amazing. Some people still, like I look at them, like 70 to 80 is still fucking ridiculously yeah. cool. And I, I really, and I don't know it's because I'm in my 50s, but you know that, that thing where they say, you know, 40 is the new 30 and 50 is the new 40. And I honestly believe that, 40, that 50 is the new 40. <laughs> it just I, I don't feel 53 years old um not, not that i know what 53 must 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 feel like but it's interesting what you say is i, I feel really sorry for people where their their livelihood depends on how they look i think it, and and the same with professional athletes um i, I now have a have a young client who's who's working towards becoming a professional athlete and that idea that your whole world revolves around your body, and if if, if one of if, if one of those those cogs in that machine that that, that earns your living um, breaks, you you lose the ability to earn a living. I remember as an athlete when when I had a torn muscle or a sore thing, it was it was psychologically absolutely debilitating. Because I knew while I was lying on the couch healing, my, my competitors were training. It was absolutely 
awful and and then going through the through the physical process of of, of healing you know physiotherapists and and you you know whatever as well as two gym sessions a day and it was really absolutely vile 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 so um yeah i'm i'm very very grateful that i'm not one of those people and another thing that came up for me is i think i told you that i've now got a personal trainer an online personal trainer and the really interesting thing is if I look at, at the difference between when I was in my mid-30s with a personal trainer, the idea was that I wanted to look good. I was still on the rave scene at that stage, using a lot of drugs, and I wanted to look fabulous, dancing without my shirt on a rave floor. Now in my in my in our 30s, I've got a personal trainer because I've, I've got a boot pains, um, I'm eating unhealthily, and this guy <laughs> is going to, 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 to guide me with nutrition as well as exercise. To get me in shape, to be in shape for a 53-year-old. So it's it, it, it's it's about movement. It's about the, the 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 psychological effect it has on me that I haven't been moving. It's about the psychological effect that I have that I'm carrying extra weight. Um, so I'm I'm not going to, to towards a physical prime thing. The, the 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 fact that I'm that I'm getting physical with a personal trainer is to contribute to my emotional and spiritual well-being. Yeah, and it's it's definitely, I grew up with this, and I, I, I still sometimes have it where I grew up in the era of the 90s where I think all the girls became, I don't know how to say it, they just became fucked with uh, ideas of women on the cover of magazines, and nobody were talking about uh, Photoshop and all of this, yeah. and when we went into the 2000s, that started changing, but then the men we grew up with, uh, Sylvester Stallone in fucking Rocky and all of these type of movies, and um, you had to look like a G.I. Joe, like John Claude Van Damme and all of these guys, and we definitely got raised with the idea. If you look at Daniel Craig 007 right now and what he's fucking built like versus Pierce Brosnan <laughs> and Sean Connery, the, I, the concept of what a man was is really different and yeah. men got raised with like you look like this fucking statue and it's finally dawning on me that you don't need to look at that and uh, i'm going to mention a few names here um from the 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 sports that i watch but uh, if you go into mixed martial arts and boxing there's a guy called kane velasquez who's considered one of the best of all time uh, there's another guy called fedor emilianenko and then there's another guy called anderson silva and if you go to boxing at the moment, we have Tyson Fury. Uh, if you look at these guys, they are really not fucking ripped, but they consider the best of their time or the best of their era. And you'll see with these, and that's why I love boxing and mixed martial arts, because it's almost like the <laughs> uh, certain sports, it's really cool. Yes, it's nice and well done, but I feel like fighting it's almost like the ultimate sport because that's what's going to protect you at the end of the day, you know? So, uh-huh. um, and there's something about it. So the, the best type of performance that you can have is the type of performance that's going to protect you from dying. If you had to be attacked by someone and yeah. again, I don't, it's got pangas and guns and all of that. But then when you go look at these combat athletes and what they look like, and then you're like, well, if you're in your peak, you look like that. You have a bit of a belly. You're not ripped. You don't have a six-pack. 
you know, you don't have big biceps, but yeah. uh, skill-wise and performance-wise, you are at the top of your game, and it's a little bit more about your um, fight IQ and your ability to adapt and all of these type of things. I think it's amazing now where we have certain sports where um, when you look at the 100-meter um, athletics, even if you look at Usain Bolt, you know, he's not the most ripped guy versus if you look at the past. So I think there's a lot more athletes coming through that doesn't look like you know, they're coming off the cover of men's health and they're yeah. the best at what they do. So it's really important for me, this concept that you mentioned, and I still struggle with that sometimes. I feel amazing. Then I look in the mirror and I'm like, but I don't look amazing. And then there's yeah. this weird disconnect between them. I think it's very important. Yeah. You know, what? You, 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 you raised a thought in my head is I read an amazing article once about the, the the change in 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 the in the in the in the um the expectation of how a man a man must look moving from the the, 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 the very kind of sinew type of thin look to this very bulky muscular look and that that change happened when AIDS happened when HIV happened oh because suddenly thin men were sick. Okay. <laughs> and and to 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 prove, to, to, to prove that you're healthy, you had to build muscle, and and to show that look how look how big and strong I am. That shows that I'm healthy. I don't have the virus. And it's weird that you mentioned that because I worked in Soho in London and if anyone's gay listening to this, you would know that Soho London is one of the coolest places in the world to be gay. And uh, I worked in the nightlife there for uh, for 18 months to two years and what was your a lot name of gay you? men, uh, it was uh, Simon <laughs> van der Stel. <laughs> Uh, uh, a lot of gay men there are fucking ripped. It's weird how European men are not fucking muscular and ripped. And if you were walking on the streets there and you see someone fucking huge and ripped, the chances of them being gay was quite high. Like um, uh, the the idea of masculinity was uh, perceived completely different by straight women, straight men versus gay men versus uh, gay women. And... Uh, if you if you were showing pics and cleavage uh, of your pics, uh, then you're probably gay. And it's uh, it's just weird how maybe that's one of the reasons why in that uh, part a lot of the men are like these gym junkies. When in South Africa, it's completely the opposite. Like here, um, a lot of like uh, straight men are just fucking massive. And uh, it's weird how different countries see this and identify this and fascinating but we don't really have time to go into that now yeah but that that was just an interesting sidebar is is, is when the, what it's interesting to see how how a societal factor can 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 change the whole pop culture significantly um anyway so something else that that you mentioned earlier was 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 kind of a, a creative a creative peak where do you stand yeah. with that? Um, 
it is very weird. Like for uh, one of my uh, challenges for being creative right now is that I'm very responsible. So I'm a little bit more like I consider the variety of things and I consider if I start this project, then it's going to entail and involve this. And because I know what it necessitates to be doing something really well, it's like I don't start a variety of projects like maybe like I used to. Plus, uh, I'm a little bit more risk averse with whatever. But um, I'm still very creative. I'm still uh, and I think the, the creativity now mixed with a little bit of maturity. It's like, well, I can be creative uh, in ways that maybe has a positive influence or a real impact on other people's lives, which is something we've covered in previous podcasts. And my podcast, for example, that's another form of being creative in a, in a more mature way, because before I used to be in metal bands and I used to be all emo and fucking poor me wearing black clothes and stuff where and all you want to do is express your emotions well now i've got a podcast where i'm expressing emotions uh, yeah. in a more mature way but it's still a very creative thing so for me i'm 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 lucky that i'm young enough to still feel like i'm very creative i have a million ideas coming up and i'm at this perfect age where i feel i can launch them with the right amount of responsibility without considering too yeah. much of the, the things and you? I'm again. I'm currently at my creative prime, um, and the reason for that is that fear, fear previously in my younger days overwhelmed. So um, I allowed fear to suppress all all forms of creativity. So for for me now that at the age of 53, now that the fear is gone, now that the creativity just pops up. I mean, also with with my podcast with my books that I write, um, my blogs that I put out, my vlogs, my um, my counselling. I'm 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 very very creative in 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 the way I counsel. I allow each client to 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 bring out in me what what needs to come out in me to help them, and that I find fun. That I, I and and. and we spoke earlier about the concept of, 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 of fun before we started recording. And and I was wondering last night, what do I do for fun? And I realized that I get up in the morning for fun. I, I enjoy what I do for a living. I, I, I'm thoroughly enjoying what we're doing at this moment. For me, this is fun. To to, to sit with a client and to come up with a, with a new way to look at them, um, for them to look at a situation, that's fun. The, 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 the day that I, that I got through to a client, I, I don't know where the idea came, but she has a serious problem with God, religion, spirituality and everything. And I suddenly came to to her, to, her to, to sell to her the concept that her higher being, the person she aspires to be, can also be a higher power. And I thought I was so proud of myself after that. Said, Fuck, that was creative. That was so amazing what you've done. And, and yeah. So I'm definitely at my creative prime at the moment, and I'm loving it. Um, I never, I never knew I could, I could have this, this level of creative output in my life. It just never crossed my mind that it's a possibility. Very interesting. So that's and I agree with you. I think the, yeah, the removal of fear allows us to just yeah. be ourselves and, and just do certain things. Definitely agree. It's a matter of I. I never realized what 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 a thief fear fear is. Fear for me robbed me of a life well lived, and um, and I'm not allowing that anymore. So that's amazing. 
which is just so, 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 so fabulous. And then the last little note I have here that we possibly need to, 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 to finish on is the big S, sexual prime. And Madhavar says just, just his input yeah, on this I, is, mm. <laughs> I expected more from you than that. No, I, <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say that and then you're going to continue. And obviously with the, the, the with Skype having these delayed uh, fucking interactions, like I'm always careful to start talking if I'm not sure it's my cue to talk. Um, and <laughs> I obviously have an opinion on this. I just, uh, how much time we have left? Um, but, there is um, no doubt for me. I would definitely say. <laughs> Say that again, please. Do you mind sharing your opinion with us about sexual prime? No, definitely not. I think I'm slightly too young to uh, really uh, talk about this because uh, I still feel I, I feel like uh, I had more hormones in my uh, 20s. Uh, than maybe in my cities, but I still feel like the, the, the difference is not really there. Like it might be 5% or 10%. So I think um, the thing that influences that is um, stress. I think that's the big thing that uh, sexual prime. I think if you don't have a lot of stress, that's my perception. And I think if there's less trauma involved in your life, um, then the body is just a little bit more in a more comfortable environment where it can operate like it's supposed to do. And um, the biggest times when the, my sex drive diminishes is where there's a severe amount of stress coming in. Maybe there's other people that are slightly, I don't want to say sick, but maybe some people like stress and all of that figures their sexual drive where they're like, okay, I'm going to go be naughty and do certain things. And yeah. We all tick a little bit different. So... Um, but I think in my 20s, if I look back, there weren't that many responsibilities. In my teenage years, you don't, didn't have any responsibilities. And as I go, as I am going into my cities, like being a partner, being responsible for other people, being a manager, being a business owner, uh, being in a position where maybe looking after my parents, meeting more people around the world that... Uh, um, and with meeting more people, bad shit happens to people all the time, and that has a certain impact on me. And um, yeah. I can definitely feel that those type of uh, situations has a bigger impact on me. So maybe in my 20s, some of those things happened, but because I wasn't capable of considering the severity of it. If someone died in my 20s, I'm like, oh, that's bad. Where someone dies now, immediately I think of the family members of the person that yeah. died. So again, like just be going deeper into my consciousness that obviously has an effect on a variety of other things so i feel like i'm young enough and i'm healthy enough i know i have low testosterone because of my brain damage and uh, if every time i go check it it's uh, uh, it's really low and i'm sure that has an influence on my uh, sexual crime and my drive but i'm lucky enough that uh, it's still there it's still good uh, what i'm hearing you saying to, to, to wrap up is that um, your brain damage is definitely having an, an, an influence on the, the testosterone in your in your body, um, but it's not to a concerning level and everything that goes with that. Um, from my side, is it's such a difficult question you now because I'm a sex addict, so I've never had a had a had a 
a, a, a healthy relationship with sex. So I, I never knew whether something was was, was my, my addiction speaking or whether it was just a healthy sex drive speaking. Um, but definitely from the age of 45, I can say that the, the and that was when I entered a, a emotionally healthy, healthy state around sex and, and my sex addiction. Um, but then the drive, the, the, the peak was over for me definitely and it's not that important anymore because i'm i'm emotionally and spiritually filling that gap so it's it's just not that important (laughs) no definitely i 100 percent agree with you i think it's a it's a very interesting i feel like this is another podcast in itself um probably like there's such a variety of factors uh it's like we spoke now about what does it mean to be in your physical prime. And I think it's also a little bit of what does it mean to be in your uh, sexual prime. I think there's a variety of things involved. Mm. but uh, And there's so many factors involved there. That is your past, the trauma, your uh, morality, the way you grew up and all the baggage that we carry with us. Oh, my God, we can write a book about that. But Madrid, that I was, think my that's closing statement today. Yes. <laughs> Uh, I think that's the second podcast in a row where I'm like, I'm, I'm like, I start talking and I'm like, okay, my closing statement. And it's like, okay, closing. Uh, okay. Thank you so much. But um, my closing statement on the sexual prime, I think the way I look at that is, um, can you get a hard on? How long can you keep your hard on? And also, I think when you're in your sexual prime, you can get a hard on at the most random times where it's like, where the <laughs> fuck is this coming from? I'm just you know, looking Hello, at the what's floor your name? I have a hard <laughs> <laughs> I think that when those things happen, you do know that you're a bit in your sexual prime. Like, uh, um, and I think uh, maybe I don't know, but fuck it. That's my closing statement. It's always awesome to talk to you, Freddie. Thank you so much. This was lovely. Thank you very much, and enjoy the rest of your day. Look after yourself. See ya. Bye. Oh, oh, oh. All right. Bye bye. <laughs>